Hello and welcome to your weekly STFC fan chat from the Fools Rush In podcast. Uh, different, uh, different agenda this week as we've uh, we posted the question out there about picking your ma- STFC Masters football teams. And uh, we've all got ours and we've had a few sent in to discuss as well, um, as well as the highs and lows of supporting a football team. And no, our keeper did not sky the decisive 24th penalty in a cup final. Um, he, uh, he was just, unfortunately, on the wrong end of a 2-1 defeat to Salford. Um, mm-hmm. However, we did also win um, since we last spoke. So, so we've got wins, we've got losses, we've got Masters football, we've got women's football and we've got Bradford. Plenty for our panel tonight to get involved with. So let's say hello, firstly, to Craig. How are you, buddy? Yeah, not too bad, Sophie. How's you, mate? Yeah, good. Good, thank you very much. And uh, fresh from his latest uh, appearance, I should say, on just about any other podcast or vlog available, uh, Ben has remembered his roots and he was able to turn up again tonight. How are you, buddy? Yeah, well, Stephen, very good, thanks. Very good. Good, good. And uh, they're working away in the background is Christian as well to offer his opinion. How are you, buddy? Hello, good evening. Nice to, uh, nice to have you with us again. Um, let's start, if we can, Ben, with the 5-0 win at Warsaw. This time last week, we were, uh, where are we now? Just about ready to kick off, not knowing what was going to come. And, uh, well, what a performance and result that was. Seems a long yeah. time ago now, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it was unbelievable performance. We didn't see it coming, really, because the first 20, 25 minutes or so, we were under the cosh a little bit. I'd say we were the second-best team. Also, we looked pretty much of a tidy outfit. Um, but once we got the breakthrough, and what a goal it was, but once we got the breakthrough, we think sort of fell apart, really. And the second half, it, it had a sort of a Tacano area, absolute dominance about it, where it was just tricks and flicks and everything was coming off and we were going to score with every attack. Champagne and, Olay football. It was. It was champagne football. You know, we stopped scoring after 70 minutes because we made loads of subs. We kept going. We'd have got eight. Walls were terrible. But the football itself, uh, just unbelievable. Unbelievable football. Everyone had a decent game, apart from McCurdy. Um, And it was solid. It was a great, great game. Um, it was fast. It was free-flowing. Everyone wanted to get on the score sheet. So everyone was just getting into the box and just smelt blood and went for it. it great. I haven't seen that so long. So Didn't even see it under Wellens. So good. And Craig, it's, it's bizarre, isn't it? Because you uh, you were on last week and, and we'd said that Walsall of the two games last week was the one we were arguably expecting to be to be tougher. Yeah, yeah, of course, because of the new manager bounce, really. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not surprised that we won. I did put us down as a draw, but I'm not surprised we did beat them. But to that extent, I mean, I didn't, I didn't see the game, but obviously we totally dominated and, and like Ben was saying, it's um, been a long time since we've had not just a result like that, but a performance to match it. Um, you, you know, it's, um, it's, you know, and it was good on, you know, three clean sheets on the bounce. It was as well, um, albeit against a, a team that's towards the bottom, but you can only beat who's in, who's in front of you really. So yeah, it was a, you know, fantastic result. Um, not too much of a surprise um, to, like I said, to to, to beat them. But I, I honestly thought out of the two with Warsaw and Salford that that would be the more trickier one. But obviously, that just shows what I fucking know about <laughs> about football, really, as, as I'm sure we'll discuss uh, shortly. And uh, on the flip side to to my question to Craig, uh, Christian, um, we we had said 
in various episodes in the not too distant past, at some point it's going to click and and someone is going to get a hammer in and, and it finally did happen. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great performance, wasn't it? It was just like the shackles were just totally off. The Any sort of game plan um, where, you know, you take the lead and then you sit back and hold on to it and, la, 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 and inevitably concede like we do, it just didn't happen. It was like just kept going at them, kept going at them. And um, yeah, we got our, got our, got our, got our just rewards. That's not, that's not the way to play every game. Of course, some games you do need to take the lead and shut up shop, but I think Warsaw weren't offering anything in resistance. So, you know, why not just keep, keep going for it? Um, yeah. The, you know, the shackles were off. It was almost if we said, Oh, go out and enjoy yourselves. Um, but, you know, then I'm sure we'll move on to what, what's happened this week again. No, absolutely. And uh, as is often the way, um, the conversations we have both on the episodes and on our WhatsApp uh, thread mirrors that of what's going on sort of on the wider um, STFC socials, if you will. And uh, there was an at length conversation going on, I know, between the, the merits of Davison again and, and how he differs from Simpson, I'll use the word differ. I don't like the, the direct comparison for two players, particularly on loan players who are who are trying to make a name for themselves. But there's this big sort of conversation going on now about which one's better and who suits what style of play better. And and it was certainly uh, it certainly brought that back into the uh, into the public eye, didn't it, Ben? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, I think a short sheet. Davison didn't really play well when we go on to Saturday's game, but Tuesday one. Um, yeah, he, he showed a little bit more experience that Simpson didn't have and he got himself about a bit and he was a bit more of a nuisance to what Simpson did then. Davison put in a performance what Simpson wants to be in a few years' time or will be in a few years' time. Um, but Saturday wasn't really anything at all, really. A shadow of what he was on the weekend, which is tired not, but we'll... we'll Across the Saturday, we'll see it. But on Tuesday, his link-up play was brilliant. Um, his support was brilliant. He had three hefty fullback uh, uh, centre backs in front of him: in Maynays, uh, Daniels, and Month. They were huge defenders, and he, he battered them off easy. They, they, you know, he bullied them. And uh, it's been a long time since we had a proper number nine bully defenders, and that's what he did. Um, so yeah, it's best performance I've seen from a, a striking for supporting striker for a long time. Well, let's move on to Saturday then, Craig. And and Woody has sent a, a couple of thoughts in. He he was at the game like yourself, and uh, he said um, had a few ciders before, so don't really remember too much about it. But from what he can recall, um, it was a bit of a buzzkill on the back of the previous few results. Neither side were very impressive. And maybe the less said, the better. Is that a fair reflection from where you were as well? Yeah, I mean, probably it was. It was a scrappy game. There wasn't sort of too many chances, really. You know, um, one of the things that I did sort of see. It's, it's been a long time since I've seen seen a full game from from Swindon at, at home live. And one of the things we, that did that, that there was a positive from that was that we were playing more vertical passes as we. Um, been talking about before the old continental long ball. Yeah. You know, it was early on at, at the in the beginning of the first half. There was some really good through balls put through to Harry McCurdy, which was good. Mm. But Salford just seemed to be really good at defending their eighteen yard box. They, they, you know, they they came back. They made it difficult for us. They were compact. 
And um, yeah, we, we couldn't really do much in that final third. You know, we, we were getting the ball forward. But once we got to that final third, we seemed to, to run out of ideas. But, um, you know, that's, and, and, and Davison, you know, for, you know, Ben was saying that how strong he was and he bullied three central defenders against, against Warsaw. Well, it was, it was like he couldn't stay on his feet. He was knocked down to the ground so easily against um, Salford. There was a couple of times where they were, they were blatant fouls, but you, you just don't seem to get the, those decisions for you at this level. And um, he was pretty much bullied off, off the, off the ball, um, you know, to, and they did a good job on him. He, he was ineffective for us. But um, but it was still they didn't really offer too much threat. You know, it was about even. I think up until half time, and then when we got the goal, I, I was like thinking, yeah, we could, you know, we could go on and get and steal this and get three points. Um, I thought, oh, maybe a draw might be okay, a- acceptable. But um, but then once McCurdy came off and then Barry, we just seemed to be toothless. It was worrying really that losing them two made such a difference, and then. You know, it's a shame as well because the last three games we've kept three clean sheets, and then our defending. I, I thought at the end of the game, after, after at the end of the game, I was thinking, how did we lose this? We deserved at least a draw. But then looking back, looking at the goals, the, the replay for the goals, Tomlinson lost his man for the first goal, and O'Brien lost his man for the second goal. A guy who's half his size who, who headed it into the net. And that's just inexcusable. It's piss poor defending, um, which is a shame after, after like I say, three clean sheets. And um, so, yeah, we, we did deserve to lose the game, I feel, on, on the back of it because um, uh, Salford took their chances and we didn't at the end of the day. I saw you pretty much nodding along throughout that whole uh, segment there, Ben. I'm guessing you agree? Yeah, largely. So um, I think... Because we played, kept the same team for the last three games running from Saturday, Tuesday, I think there might have been a little bit of fatigue on that performance, um, which would be half excusable. I think uh, Vassell, their defender, uh, I think he was related to the referee uh, somewhat. Um, he just got away with butchering Davison over and over and just made him ineffectual. Uh, the stuff that he got away with was constant. Um, I think the referee didn't hammer it down early and then just let it go and Paul Bloke couldn't get a decision in the end and, and he just largely was ineffectual. And I think Barry and McCurdy were both a little bit off the pace because they may have just been a little bit tired. It all was... It was just slightly disjointed. It was a bit like the Swindon at the start of the season when we weren't doing anything at home and it was just a bit slow. And We get into good positions, but we weren't actually forcing the keeper into any decent saves, especially in the first half. Um, yeah, um, I say they, they offered nothing at all. Uh, they had nearly scored in the first half, probably the biggest misses you'll ever see in your life. But half halfway through, it was fairly fair. Second half, again, they didn't create that much. I thought they, after they made it 1-1, I thought they just settled for a point. Uh, they took their best player, Hunter, off, and I thought they were, and they managed to shoot out a win with a set play, which I never thought was coming. Um, the only shock of it really is we actually scored from a corner, which was rare. But, yeah, McCurdy and Barry going off, just completely in front of goal. That just killed anything that we got, and... Um, yeah, it's just one of them. Uh, it wasn't a terrible performance. It was just a bit off the pace. And I'm putting it down to being knackered. And as long as they pick it up on Saturday, then three wins and four is OK. Well, on that subject, uh, Christian, 
when you look at the, the little bit of a run we'd started to put together and then the, the negative result of the weekend, um, couple that with some of the other results elsewhere in the division, where, where do you see us now? Are we still in a relatively good position or should we, should we be looking up or should we be worried about what's below us? Yeah, we're, we're still in an okay position, aren't we? You know, I think we need to aim... I think, you know, a bit of nosebleed territory the other day where I was thinking, well, yeah, maybe we could sneak in the top three. And that was a bit silly. I don't think that's going to happen. We are about a... We're probably about the seventh or eighth best club in the division. And that's based mainly on our away form. I know we've had a bit more luck at home recently, but our away form, um, you know, throughout most of the season has carried us. And by and large, our home form has been... Really, really, really disappointing. Um, we need to we need to be in that end of season playoff lottery, I think, and that's what now our expectations of supporters should be, because we've we, you know we've previously we've, we've had all this. Oh, we're lucky to have a club. We yeah, all right, that's all gone now. We know what we've got. We know what players we've got, and we know what we're capable of. And I think we need to be a town, a, a team. Um, as big as Swindon Town needs to at least be in that playoff zone and give ourselves it gives us give ourselves a chance at the end of end of end of season lottery because you know we are one of those teams that could could get a could get a really good club um in the playoffs away from home and, and turn them over. That, that, that's just typical Swindon. You mentioned um, at the beginning there that you think that we're about seventh or eighth best in the division and, and we need to be in the lottery. I did spot earlier, and I'm just loading it up now, actually. There was a story come out and the advertiser, based on one of these vote panels they did, that said that Swindon Town fans predict Ben Garner's men will suffer playoff heartbreak come the end of the season. So it seems like most are in agreement with you that the playoffs is the best we can, we can achieve in, you know, in a couple of months' time, but it, we don't necessarily, the belief isn't there that we'll go on and, and win the playoffs. Yeah, but the, it's it's all about this, this away form, though, Fifey, because we we can just go out and get the most crazy results away from home when you really wouldn't give us a cat and owl's chance. We can go somewhere and win 3-0, 3-1 or, or whatever. It's a shame that we'd have, you know, in the playoffs, we'd have to play a home leg, to be honest with you. Yeah. And then Wembley, Wembley, you know, to us, it would be, again, it would be an away ground, wouldn't it? So it's not the county ground. What are, this, what are these guys going to do playing on, on the Wembley surface? Are they going to be, you know, like world beaters there as well? So you don't know. It is a lottery. Unfortunately, we've got to play one of the games at the county ground. Um, the other two, who knows? Okay. What my, what my worry is, Christian, is... Um, we, we had those three results against teams towards the bottom of the table and we'd done them, well, you know, they were good results, good performances. Comprehensive. Comprehensive, yeah, that's that's the word I was looking for. You're, you're a wordsmith, you are. Um, <laughs> thanks for that. Um, it's that, uh, that A-level English language I did at New College. Uh, right, I did it as well, but I didn't pass it, so there you go, that's, that's why you're there, mate. At the same college as well, funnily enough. Um, yeah, it, it's. I, I'm worried that, because... Obviously, um, Salford was the first tough test that we've had in four games. Um, we've lost games against teams that are in and around us, around the playoffs. Um, we've played more games than most of the teams above us and below us as well. Now, I know they say it's better points on the board, but the table is probably not a fair reflection 
of where we're at at the moment. After tonight's games, we'll probably have a better idea. But my concern is with some tough games coming up, uh, like against Oldham, now Bradford with, with Hughes and obviously Oldham with Sheridan. We've got some really tough games coming up and this will definitely be the test to see where this team is, I think. If we can pick up points over these next few games and get a couple of wins, then yeah, we'll we'll be there in and around the playoff. We'll, we'll be we'll, we should make the playoffs, but I'm worried that when it comes up against a, a decent side who can give us a good game like Salford, we could we we, we might end up um, struggling, and that's that's my worry. I think maybe the three wins, I hope I'm wrong, but the three wins against Scumfork, Carlisle and Warsaw may have just papered over the cracks. I mean, I completely understand where you're coming from there, Craig. I, I do, but I'm loath to 100% agree. And, and the reason for that is, it makes sense to say that based on just losing to Salford the other day and, mm. and that still being fresh in the memory. However... It's worth noting that someone else on the panel no more than five minutes ago used phrases like they offered nothing and shit house to win. Okay. Now we're not going to meet certain sides in the playoffs, obviously, but you think of what else we've been able to do against, if you want to use the word decent sides because of their current position, this is the same team that have beaten Forest Green at, you know, when we never had a full strength team out and, you know, so that for every for every negative result against a team like that, there is also a result you can point to and say, well, actually, we are capable against better teams. Yeah, but have, yeah, but that was early on in the season, Fifey. Have we been recently? You know, we were losing against teams like Tranmere and Port Vale. Yeah, agreed. Teams in and around us. So that is my concern. I'm, I'm judging it on sort of recent, relatively recent form. You're right. On our day, we can beat anyone in this league. We should be up there not far off Forest Green on paper, but as Christian was saying, because of our home form, we've, you know, that's, we are where we deserve to be at the moment. And it's very open up there as well. So, you know, Salford could go on a run. Bristol Rovers have improved since we played them as well. There's a lot of teams, there's going to be a lot of They're on a bit of a run at the minute, I think. Rovers are on a run. There's there's a hell of a lot of competition um, for for those, uh, for fifth, sixth and seventh place, I think. And um, it's going to be very, very tough. That's why these next few games are going to be key for us, I feel. Well, we next pointed to that last week's episode, didn't we, Ben? That after yeah. these couple of games, the next few are, are huge. Yeah, well, Bradford away and uh, Exeter, massive. Ideally, if we can get four points out of that, would be brilliant. Another team we didn't mention, Newport, who are currently beating Forest Green Rovers right now. They're not, they're, they've got the Forest best Green losing again? Yeah, they're on a bit of a slide. Um, losing to Newport, which is no big every, team. You do it every year. I think this this year that Forest Green are doing it a bit later, though, so they should have they should have enough to carry themselves over the line. But they, they do this every single year. They get they go on a massive massive slump. Yeah. Northampton are also currently winning as well. Northampton winning as well. So we need to be on it. We need to you know carry on the results. We need to hope. We have recently changed formation. We've got no loads of new players in. So I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. You know. Craig might be very well right, and we um, with this new setup, new setup Swindon, it might struggle against bigger teams, but be more clinical, and be the opposite to the, the other way, where we're more clinical against the bottom team, struggle against the bigger ones. Whether it was the other way around before Christmas, I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. We'll find out over the next two because, 
obviously Bradford, Mark Hughes has had a good week with the players. Um, they are going to get better. They are in a false position. They've been on a terrible run, and I think they'll give us a good, good game. And the sort of <laughs> team we struggle against as well, though, because they're a big team. Um, well, hang on, because again, I, ca- I can't wholeheartedly agree with this. Now, hmm. there, there's this. Can you just clarify when you say big team? Do you mean big physically or big team because big they're physically? Bradford? Big team. But when they came to Swindon, they bullied us because, right. yeah, because they've got big players that. Kick the living shit out. No, of that's fine. I just because I, I thought you meant big team because oh, of no, Bradford, no, 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 no. and I was going to. I didn't, I I didn't say, mean like yeah, no biggest club in the league and all. No, that. because uh, no, 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 no. This is this is a myth and a nonsense that I'm fed up of hearing because I understand why they think that way because of the the history behind Bradford, but they've been in this league a while now. Mm. Oh, I quite agree. I quite agree. Not, yeah, no, I, I didn't always mean... threatened promotion. That at best, and, that. and the fact that they've just got the fact that they've had to replace their manager suggests that they're an average club in an average league. And that was Derek I Adams think. as well, who had good, um, he, you know, he got Morecambe and Plymouth out of that league. So it just goes to show that, you know, they, they, with that club, and, it doesn't matter. And listen, because I know a couple of people that are going to watch this, um, a sort of Bradford based, um, that, that I know, and, mm. and I don't mean this in any way insulting to Bradford, but. They're, they're not the massive club they think they are in this league. I don't think they think they are. I, I oh, don't do. think they... they I, I don't know. I think I, a certain percentage of their fan base think they but are. But that's the same for every club. It's, 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 it's like with our, our fans, you know, and, and, every, and almost every club has that percentage. Um, <laughs> they've been in the bottom two divisions for a good for a good while now. I think they know... That you know, yeah, they're a big club as far as their history is concerned and their fan base, of course. But they've got no divine right to be out of League Two, no more, no more than us, no more than us. I think it's more. I think it's more of more of a case of they've they've played in the prem in the in the Premier League as we have as Oldham have, and for that reason, you know, I put us Oldham. And Bradford on a, on an even sort of level, to be honest with you, I think all all three of us are ex Premier League clubs. Mm. Yeah, Bradford have got a bigger ground, wow! But they sell their tickets a lot cheaper. So, now us 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 ex Premier League clubs, uh, I use that loosely because our season was disaster. Uh, probably <laughs> on about a, on 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 about an even 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 level. Mm. Okay. Well, let's. Uh... Unless there's anything else on either of the two results since we last met up that anyone wants to discuss, uh, I'm, I'm happy to move on to the next topic and a, and a bit more sort of opinion and fantasy, if you will. Um, last week... Let's, we... let's not get into Christian's fantasies. No, we? let's, can, can, we not, can we not link fantasy and Christian together, especially when he's in bed? <laughs> um, last week we set the challenge, and, it, and it's one that Christian in particular... Um, initially raised the point in our WhatsApp group. So there was the announcement of the return of Masters football. Um, so we all suggested that, that we would put together an STFC Masters team and, and we published some rules. Um, and we, we put out on Twitter as well and we had a few submissions. Um, so what I'll do, if it's all right with you guys, is, is we can go around and say who our squads of eight are. Um, just a, a quick reminder of the rules as they were set was um, it was a squad of eight in total. Um, the the players selected had to be between the ages of 35 and 60 um, to make it realistic that they could still feature. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they must have played 30 plus games for Swindon. 
Um, before I ask you for your teams, uh, Craig, I'll come to you first. How difficult did you find picking a team? I know at one point you replied to, to my initial post on Facebook and said you've got one goalkeeper and seven strikers. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, it was, it, it, it was hard, because right? obviously like six aside, it's a bit, it's a bit, it's, it's a lot different with positions wise and stuff yeah. like that. So hence why I had seven strikers to begin with. But um, <laughs> even then with the goalkeeper, I was thinking I could probably get away with putting a striker in there. But um, <laughs> But yeah, um, yeah, it was difficult. But I, I, I'm just on a on a side note. I'm just glad that the Masters football starting again. It probably yeah. won't be as good as what it was like the good old days, as me and Christian would say. But um, we yeah, recognised the players then, that. didn't we? There'll be Masters yeah. football. We thought going, hang on. I thought, I thought it was only 23. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just great players going. Hang on, why is he not playing anymore? It's just great seeing these players who are clearly past their sell-by date. Most, well, most of them were any anyway, and mm. obviously they some of them had let themselves go a bit because they weren't professional footballers anymore and running around, red puffed-up faces and, and stuff like that. But but it was also great just seeing like your you know old favourites from teams from you know from the from the nineties and stuff like that. It was, yeah, it was really good, and I like the format that they did of it because they had it regional, didn't they? Before they had the big regional before the finals, so they'd have yeah. a London's mast, a London mast. Masters and Midlands and, and and everything else. So I, you know, I really liked it. It was, it was somewhat different. And my yeah, my good. understanding from reading up on it is they're doing a couple of trial things this year with a view to doing the original format next year with regional um, fixtures first before the big main one, um, sort of down near the O2, I imagine somewhere like that. Oh, it'd be good. I mean, it'd be good for the telly as well. I, re- I imagine that, you know, there'll be quite a few people who want to Particularly because if I remember right, they used to do it during the, the sort of summer shutdown, if you will. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was really yeah. good. Yeah, it, it just kept the football fix going. Yeah. And thinking back then as well, we, we could have had a decent STFC team back out then. Yeah. But obviously not now, but back then yeah. you could have had good, what, Mickey Hazard, John Monker, Martin Lincoln. Well, a some of these names right may... Yeah, I'm a shut up now. A lot of our players then were, we could have put out a six-a-side team with players who were playing for other teams. I mean, Manchester United's goalkeeper was Fraser Digby. Yeah. Digby yeah. played for Man United. Uh, a couple of our old, I think Mickey Hazard might have played for Spurs. Mickey Hazard. A West Ham as well, from memory. Mm. John Monker started off at Spurs and then then went to uh, West Ham after yeah. after he was with us. Yeah, yeah, it was um, so, yeah, so, so, yeah, so, so many... Yeah, so many yeah. that played at the you know played for top level top level clubs. Yeah, the hard Alan Alan McDonald I think played for QPR in it. So yeah, we could have put a team you know out ourselves. But I think the toughest thing about doing it was sitting there. You can put out a list of eight players quite easily, and then you think, I wonder if his knees have gone. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> <that's crazy." laughs> you know what I mean? Well, how how difficult did you find it, Christian? Picking up. You know, because you had a much bigger pool of players than, say, I did, because I, I kept it that it had to be players I'd seen play as well. So you had a much wider pool of players to pick from. Yeah, but like I just said, that was the toughest. The toughest thing was was thinking, yeah, I've seen I've seen Duncan Shearer and um, Steve White play, but are they going to be any good in the team now? <laughs> are they going to be any good in the Masters team now? But but that's the thing, Ben. It is Masters, so. They might be real fit, and then you have to work out how old they actually are. If it, I know he's about sixty-three now, he ain't going to be a bloody play ass. Just so you know, for that reason, of that reason alone, you, you know, I've not even put I've not put Glenn Hoddle in it because Glenn Hoddle would well, probably be the best well, player you could ever wish for in it. But but he'd be in his sixties now, Hoddle, surely. 
yeah, I don't think he could. I don't think he could keep up with it. So that was the toughest thing. Sorry, carry on. No, that's it, mate. Oh, uh, Ben. Finally, how difficult did you find picking a, a final eight? Two minutes. <laughs> Actually, I do seem to recall you messaged quite early and say oh, I've done it. Yeah, I could know when you when you told me initially. It says I could probably tell you off the top of my head, but and like I've got my my idea. Every single one of them played either in the nineties or the early noughties. Okay. Um, which was basically, you know, in the early nineties. Well, when I started watching, <clears> them, they were an awesome team, and they'll still be. I, I, I've gone through. They might not be fit enough now. Masters were tomorrow. You know, they might. I don't know how what their fitness are like, but I think the team that I got. Would, Funny, we uh, don't get squad updates for players that left a decade ago. No, but I think the team that I got would uh, be a match for most teams. Well, I've I've gone for not necessarily the best players I've seen um, during my time sporting, but I've gone for the players who I think are possibly better suited to six aside with their uh, with their attributes. But if you like, I've, I've we like I say we've had a couple of submissions, um, so I'm happy to read theirs out to to inspire you before you do yours, if you will. Yeah. Um, and I'll start with our very own Ned, who's still hoping to potentially make it on this evening but if not he sent me his squad just in case so his two three four five six seven. he has done eight but he has sent a ninth in case we veto one of his options i'll leave it up to you um so his his squad is scott cuthbert mark marshall alan connell rafa devita steve mildenhall gerald eiffel mark walters and then put in brackets token elderly man and then put simon cox Turns 35 in April. So if that doesn't count, I'll go for Rory Fallon. But if I can't have Glenn Hoddle, he can't have he can't have Simon Cox. Yeah, he can't have Simon. I'd have, I'd have Glenn Hoddle. <laughs> I, I he didn't still have be Cox better than all those reason. players. See, I, I had Cox until I realised his agent took him out. So we're gonna we're gonna veto Cox and Ned can have Rory Fallon. That's an odd squad though. Yeah, what, what's your what's your initial go on, Ben? Build on that. What's your initial well, reaction to Ned's squad? Scott Cuthbert. Mark Marshall, Scott Cuffer, two current players, neither were that good at Swindon and neither have had a good career after leaving Swindon. Um, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, like the wish, it's like the wish version of um, Swindon Town Masters, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. No, There's a couple, all right. Mark Walters, I, I agree with. Mark Walters is quality. Um, yeah, would he be? I mean, he, Christ, he, he was 35 when he was playing for us and that was like, 20 odd years ago. 20, I think he's touch and go, but I think he's within it. Oh, no, he is within, he's, he's under 60, but he's late 50s, isn't he? Even even at that age, the two good feet, so good feet. Uh, sorry, Christian, you wanted to say something about Ned's team there as well? Yeah, I was going to say about Jarrell Eiffel. I hope you don't watch this, but he plays on the pitch next to me every Monday night at Kingsdown. He and all that. So, and that's six aside. So, I don't think I'd have Jarrell in there. Sorry, mate, if you watch this. He's not um, Supermarine. No, 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 he's not Supermarine anymore. He plays six aside on a Monday night at Kingsdown, though. Well, while you're while you're uh, engaged, Christian, let me read you the uh, a squad that was submitted by a friend of the show, Ocus Road. His eight, Phil Smith. Sam Parkin, Stefani Migliaranzi, Christian Roberts, Colin Calderwood, Charlie Henry, Nicky Summerby, Lee Peacock. Charlie Henry. Well, I don't think I don't think you could stick. I don't think you could stick Christian Roberts in there, could you? 
because most of these most of these things are held at these like indoor arenas that got bars, so he'd be pissed before the game started. Um, no, why? Well, he got a testimonial out of it, didn't he? It's not bad for being on the P for two years. Um, Summer B, yes. Phil Smith, I like that. Good reactions. Um, who else was in there? Uh, Peacock. No, bloody peacock. He'd be in the bar with Roberts, wouldn't he? Tapping up the bird. Who else? <laughs> Say Parkin. Yeah, Parkin. Parkin was more of an in-the-air sort of striker, but I don't think his, his turn was that good. But yeah, why not? Yeah, Parkin wouldn't be a bad shout. And, uh, and the one that Craig instantly reacted to, Charlie Henry. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> How old is Charlie yeah, Henry? I thought he's a big lad now, isn't he? Hmm? Is, I thought 60. he's a big lad now. Or am I confused with another? Got to be over sixty, now, Charlie yeah. Henry. Surely. That's what I'd have thought. Yeah. He's got to be over sixty. He's an eighties player. Hold on, I'll Google it. <laughs> Craig's googling it. Um, no, right, ben. Normally, that's, normally that's Woody's job, isn't it? So. Let me, let me, Ben. Let me come to you with a, a squad submitted by the uh, parody Clemmorfuni account that sent us one in as well. Um, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure he was taking it as seriously as some with his submission, but let's see what you think to this. Bart Grimink, David Duke, Sean Taylor, Andy Gurney, Darren Bullock. Bobby Howe, Ifianora, Giuliano Grazioli, Sam Parkin. Bite right, your legs off Bullock. Oh, Charlie, Charlie Henry. Henry just turned 60 on the 13th of February. Oh, Sorry. disqualified. Disqualified. Uh, no, because we said up to 60 is allowed. So 60 is all right. 35 to 60. Oh, he just sneaks in there. Oh, fucking hell. Carry on, Ben. Yeah, sorry, Ben. David Duke. Uh, what David are your Duke. thoughts on, on David Duke's David inclusion? Duke. David Duke. He got a lot of stick, didn't he, back in the day when he was at Swindon? He was, yeah, he, he wasn't a very good winger. Um, <laughs> That's polite. No, no, he, he wasn't great, David Duke. He went off to Darlington after, didn't he? And they went up. Yeah. Um, Andy yeah, Gurney no, in six aside? Gurney. Gurney'd be all right, six aside. Yeah, Gurney's a good player. Yeah, I liked him. Um, yeah, he, he typified Andy King's team. Andy King loved him. Um, um, thoughts on Grimmink as the chosen goalkeeper? Bart Grimmick, yeah. Swindon Stewart for quite a few years. I understand that. He was a right keeper. Or Bart, yeah, good player. Okay, interesting. Um, so who would like to to do their team first? Uh, ben? I'll have a go. I'll crack on. Right, in goals, I've got pretty predictable, really. Old Fraser, Fraser, Fraser Digby. Um Superb keeper, great arms, great shot stopper. Um, so I've got him in goal. My yep. second one is Ian Culverhouse, uh, the super sweeper in Culverhouse, quality player, uh, probably one of the best defenders I've seen play for the club of all time. I loved him, absolutely love Culverhouse. Not, um, not, not disputing that, Ben, but you need a sweeper in six aside. No, but he could play centre back as well. Okay. He was just so comfortable on the ball, he could bring it out. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, next one would be Colin Coldwood. Super Colin Coldwood, Bridge. Uh, yeah, comfortable on the ball, quality defender, lovely. Okay. Uh, my midfielders, mm-hmm. I've got Martin Ling, again, technically a really good player. My little lightweight, but it's all about skill and like pace of feet, quick feet in the sixth side. Uh, John Monker, 
had a bit of bite, good passer of the ball as well. Um, he's in there as well, John, Johnny Monka. Uh, who else did I pick? Walters. Mark Walters. Yeah, Wally. Wally Walters. Two good feet. They're great at set plays, good crosser of the ball. Play the side quality player. One of the best thing is obviously play for the club. It's almost as if you might have sent me this before doing it so you didn't forget. Yeah, thanks, mate. Cheers. Up front, now, one of these, Sam Parkin, I picked. Now, I get your point um, with he was good in the yard and that. But one thing that I, I was just picking through the um, Twitter today, and they'll just add a QPR post to the game when we beat them like 20 years ago today or something like that. We beat them 3 1. Sam Parkin scored an incredibly good goal with his feet, quick feet, and lapped on a defender's, uh, lapped on a, a, a defender's error. And he, he sold two defenders a dummy and then just calmly slotted past the keeper. It's like, oh, Super Sammy, quality. So good back in the day. So he's in, Super Sammy Parkin. And the other one's Jan Naman Fjortov, the other striker. Um, and that, that's, that's my, that's my um, squad of eight, my six society team. Beast. Uh, who would like to go next, Craig or Christian? Yeah, are we not allowed to rip Ben things a bits first? You rip yeah, my yeah, team okay, bits. Yeah, if you want to rip mate. the team to bits first, you that's fine. Don't, take, on the, with my don't teammate. take the fun aspects out of it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? Actually, it's quite scary. Our teams are quite similar, Ben. Believe it or not, in we, in, in a couple of ways, two or three ways. We though we um, watch games so much differently, Christian, and we do watch our games so much differently. We do we do know a good Swindon team, and mm. we've seen a lot of good Swindon players. Uh, yeah, Craig, did you have anything to say about Ben's team? No, not really. Um, I, I realised I had a bit of a panic so I realised I, I wrote a player twice on my eight somehow. So I've been trying to quickly, <laughs> while he was doing this, I, was, I, was, I realised, oh shit, I better put another one in. I didn't have any backups. So, yeah, so, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I'm sure it was, I, I heard Mark Walters. Mark Walters is a good is a good shout, definitely. And Fjord Taft, of course, as well. So, yeah, yeah, quality player. Um, top, top draw players, top level, top level. Yeah. Well, go on then, Craig. Tell us your, your eight next then. Well, uh, Steve Mildenhall, because obviously, you know, he's still good enough to be on the bench for us a few times this season. Goalkeeper, oh, coach, so I'd imagine he's still technically good as, as a goalkeeper. I would have loved him to get minutes this season. I'd have loved it. Yeah, it would, oh, that, that would have been fantastic. And and also, I, I, I love the guy because of the way he, he stuck around, you know, and he kept the, he kept things going behind the scenes when things weren't going too well. Yeah. So, so, yeah, um, Sam Parkin. Same as Ben, you know, I just, you know, love that guy. He, you know, he, he can obviously, he can score goals. goals sure. <laughs> you know, like I said, I'd, I'd have had seven strikers. So, but a, another one that, that I definitely had to have in was Fjortoft as well. Mm. You know, he, you know what, what he did for us towards the end of the Premiership. It's just a shame he didn't get that fucking, you know, sort of early on. But mm. there we go. That's, that's all history. Uh, then I've got uh, Steve Robinson, Turbo. So I imagine he just oh. run around like a fucking Duracell bunny. You know, yeah. you, you, you deserve to like, your flat win at Oxford 2 0. He deserves to start. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you see, like I said, the last time I watched the Masters, you look at them and they look red in the face. And I mean, I, I hope that Turbo's kept himself fit. But yeah, you, you can imagine him running around like a blue ass fly. So yeah, I loved him. Yeah. Um, Nicky Summerby as well. Yeah. You know, Quite one of our, when you know another Swindon great Adam McCormack, um, because of the 
positions where he, he could pretty much play anywhere in a first eleven. Um, so so, so I'd, I'd imagine he, he transitioned quite underrated. well. In, underrated in a player, team. underrated yeah. player. Very, very, he is a very... player who I who I wrote down in my long list before before picking my eight. Yeah, quite Alan. quite versatile. I think he'd settle, settle into a six side team. Um, because I haven't got many defenders, I thought I'd better put a defender in, and I've gone for Andy Gurney, just because I'd love to, him to to go through go through someone's legs, like you know, um, like he did for us, like ten plus yellow cards a season when when we had him in our team. So plus I felt he was a bit harshly treated, like Ben was saying from um, from from some of our fans when he did play for us. Um, so yeah, Steve, yeah, I think I've got one, yeah, one more, uh, Kevin Horlock. Hmm. Yeah, and he, he he was a class player player as well. So so yeah, that's that's my eight. Well, I very much enjoyed listening to your musings there. Ben's pretty much nodded along to everything you've said. Well, I'm not sure if you if you were also paying attention to what was on the screen. Christian was pulling some interesting faces at some of the names. What do you want to uh, go in on it first, Christian? Can't even remember which ones I was doing it to. I think Alan McCormack was one, wasn't he? Yeah. And didn't think much of him. Didn't think much of Gurney. Um, they might be different in six aside. Don't get me wrong, but um, they wouldn't have been in my in my my choices. Uh, you've both picked Fjortoft, and I, I think although he's my favourite striker of all time, would I want him in a six aside team? I don't think so. I still thought they were good feet, wasn't he? No, not yeah, really. He's big, he's big and powerful, mate. He's big he was big. He was big, bony, gangling, powerful. But he had feet as well. He had good feet as well. That's why he was top draw. He could do. Well, wait, you see, wait, just see my strike because you know I've I've picked a team to win the tournament, not one that born on nostalgia, guys. I've actually picked a team that would win this tournament. Well, you are the six aside king, ain't you? You know six aside quite well, um, Christian. So you've probably mate, got six, seven, a better six, insight seven, than us. Ten and eleven, yeah. <laughs> I, I just know football. Go on then, tell us your <laughs> squad then, Christian. Well, listen, in goal, in goal you got Frank Talia. Great shot, stropper, shot stopper. Good distribution. That is important. Good distribution. I was mm. waiting for somebody to say Vigoru or something, and he'd just throw it to the first striker. He's rubbish. So I got, I got Talia in goal. Okay. I also have Ian Culverhouse at the back. Mm. With Gordon Greer. Greer, yeah, it's a good one. Good shout. Oh, yeah. good shout. Hey, 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 didn't see that one coming, did you, lads? Bit of Coldwood <laughs> at the back there. Greer and Coldwood, Coldwood, the same thing, by the way. Greer and Coldwood. Not really. There's about 12 years in it. So yeah, they're the think... same sort of player, weren't they? Coldwood and Greer. I'd love to see them face off each other. Same. God, in midfield, in midfield, I'm going to have to, you know, we, we've gone so similar, guys. The one I've put in that's different, I've put Scott Leach in there as a spoiler. I, I yeah. nearly put him in, yeah. Well, right, your legs off Scott Leach. Well, well, you didn't, sorry. So I've got Scott Leach in there. I put him in there with Moncur and Mark Walters. However, I, because I wasn't, I, was, I wasn't sure about the age of Walters, we know he, he, he fits now, but because you've both picked Walters, I'm going to sub him out. I did. And I'm going to put... I'm going to put Sammy Igo in there, um, as a sort of a, as a sort of a younger sort of uh, that sort of player, but not obviously at the level of Walters. You know, version. Uh, him in there with Leach and Moncur. I'm a strikers. 
Most, this is where I do all of you because you've all gone for nostalgia, and I've I've gone, you know, I've gone to win this win this tournament. My two strikers, one of them was abysmal at Swindon, but I tell you what, I know he would nail this tournament. My two strikers, Jamie Curiton. Knew you were going to say Jamie Curiton as soon as you said that. I've just, if anyone Tony picked Thorne. up, I just mouthed <laughs> Jamie Curiton as he was saying it. Jamie Curiton, Tony Thorpe, strike partnership. Jamie Curiton and Nikki Ajose. Jose's only thirty years old. Oh fuck! Because uh, <laughs> I, I had a Jose specifically for that reason as well. Well, I did have Cox. I originally, I originally scrubbed Cox yeah, out. So. Stick Fjordtoft in. Go on, stick Fjordtoft in. <laughs> I'm not putting Fjordtoft in there. How old's Charlie Austin? No, he's not thirty-five. He's thirty-two. I do believe he was born the same year as me, so he'll be thirty-two. Um, uh, 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 where's Thomas? Where's Thomas? Where's Thomas? Where's Thomas? Where's... Fuck's sake, yeah. <laughs> you'd be better off putting me up front or Paracard. Say John Abeka, yeah, get Paracard in there. Yeah, you, you go in gold, Pifey, John Abeka, Royce Brownlee, Blair Sturrock. No. Listen a bit. I was I was looking at how old Brett Pittman was, and I was going to stick him in goal. <laughs> <laughs> stick him in. Stick the pie eater in goal. Um, I think to be fair, Christian, you, you've picked largely a very good squad, but given the big build-up for the strikers, do they completely fuck it up by putting a Jose in there? I, I think gone. to be fair, Curran Curran is a good. That's a, that's a fantastic. He was good. Show. He's probably still playing now, Curran. Yeah. Still knocking about. I think. He, I think. Did he not finally hang up his boots after about twenty something consecutive seasons at, at club? Yeah, he was. He was like playing like eighth tier or something ridiculous like that. But he was still going, wasn't he? Until recently, was. Um, I, I'm. I'm. I'm going to stick Chris Hay in. Everyone, please. Chris Hay. Good. Good off season, Chris Hay. So you get a couple of good masters on that record. Uh, that's, that's shit. You, if you're going to put Chris A in, you've got to put Wayne Allison in with him. He was rubbish without Allison. Once mm. Allison went, that was it. It's true. Yeah, good half season, Chris A. <laughs> he, was, he was best. He was bees knees half season and then just died off. Yeah, that's that's, that's, I bet my would be quite good in, a, in, a, in, in that sort of, in a six aside as well. But mom probably would be, actually. Yeah. Mm. Do you want to quickly sub him in? No. No? Okay. No, I've got Scott Leach in there, mate. Okay, fine. He'd be over 60 now, wouldn't he? <laughs> be close to that. Mm. He's on Twitter now, you know, McMahon. <laughs> bizarre, bizarre segue. Um, <laughs> well, obviously, I can't go as far back as you guys did uh, for pool of players. So, so I'm fully preparing for my... Uh, squad of eight to get absolutely massacred by you three. Um, I've gone for David Lucas in goal. <laughs> he got going. <laughs> what 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 was that? <laughs> Christian's seen a ghost in your room with you in bed with you, Christian. <laughs> um, I've gone for two defenders. I've gone Gordon Greer as well, mm. um, and then. I had such a list of who I was going to potentially put next to him. And in the end, I went, I went for someone who wasn't on my original list. And I went Jay McEverly. Jay McEverly. Um, oh, God, Christian's already waiting to get involved. I've only done three players. You've got no, 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 
think McEvoy's not. No, I don't think McEvoy's a bad shout. Um, I've gone Migliaranzi, Roberts, and McGovern as free midfielders. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. I, I, I'm going to give myself again. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then I've gone similar to Ned. I went Connell as a striker. And then I was struggling to think of someone else as a striker. So I went just a bit more physical and went Fallon as well. Yeah, I was thinking about Fallon. And, uh, and the only reason yeah. is because I had a Jose, Austin, Cox, and none of them were old enough. So I was like, God, who's going to play there? I was going to put Grant in mind, but he's, he's just a year short, isn't he? <laughs> So, so, yeah, so that's my eight. Lucas, Greer, McEverly, McGovern, Roberts, Migliaranzi, Fallon and Connell. Uh, but by all means, who, who wants to go first? Well, imagine Migliaranzi would be good because technically, he, he, all right, he wasn't fit half the time, but technically he was, he was, he was decent, wasn't he? He was, the, quality. he was the first... I loved him. He was the first player that I ever watched for Swindon and went, wow. Yeah. That, that was... first season I started going was probably... <laughs> Was it his last one, possibly? And I just remember thinking, he's he's so much... He seemed to be so much better on the ball than anybody else. Yeah, he was. He was. He was quality. He could have easily... Well, he did. He did went to New York, didn't New York, New York, didn't he? He played with Dave Beckham for a while at uh, Red Bull. No, he was never at Red Bull. New York Red Bulls, what they're called? Galaxy. Galaxy, that's the one. It's American Tim Pop. <laughs> Um, but but yeah, so that's my eight. If uh, if anyone does have anything other than wants to wax lyrical about Migley around, no, mate. Do you know what? There's some good players there. You know, he did right. I did like that. Yeah, keeper's a bit no. dodgy, but oh, yeah. good. I mean, Christian made a noise just at the goalkeeper, and he's been kind of pulling a face and remaining quiet since. So maybe I should let him have his say before we move well, on. Well, Lucas, uh, Lucas, it was one of the most overrated goalkeepers I've ever seen at Swindon. He just dive over everything. He was bloody <laughs> But actually, yeah, but the goals in six aside are a lot yeah. smaller. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All oh, right, okay. So let's just flip that on its head then, Steve. As you say, let's flip that on this. The goals are much smaller. So you've got a player, John McGovern or John Paul McGovern, who used to just <laughs> twat every single free kick over onto the Stratton Bank. So how is he going to cope with playing in smaller goals? I used to like McGovern. He doesn't need to hit it. I, as I hard. don't doubt that, Ben. I don't doubt that. For <laughs> <a minute. laughs> Do you know what? I, I think you're, you're right. He he wasn't a nine out of ten on point delivery, but he he was a decent technician of a football at, at the level we were playing at at the time. He was a good player. Right. Okay. Um, I'm going to swap mean, out Moncur, by the way, for um, Philip Cueva. Philip Cueva, but he was injured all the time. I like I did like Cueva, but yeah, skillful but injured. Again, some, some of the other names I had on the list when I ultimately went for McGovern was McNamee and Zabu and, and people like that. I thought, I'll stick with McGovern. Me. <laughs> you and David Jubicherry to give McNamee. You think, you think McGovern were had inconsistent delivery. McNamee McNamee could not cross to save us. All these step-overs, all these skins, skills, cut to the byline and put it over the bar for a goal kick. <laughs> but, oh, I think I think Bowden would be a good one to have in your squad as well, but I just wouldn't know where to put him purely because he can he can score he he can score goals as well as defend and play a midfield role. So Bowden would have probably both, both Bowden would potentially be good, but I think one's still too young. Who? 
he's not. You're on about Billy, aren't you? Um, well, thank you for, for submitting your teams and we'll open it up. We're going to put a little graphic out with, with these uh, with these teams and some of the other ones that were submitted to get the thoughts of the fans. And if anyone wants to, to send theirs in for review, we will happily do so. Um, again, with Woody not being here, he has sent in a, a little bit of a, an overview of what's happened for the women's teams this past week, which I will just load up now to read out. Um, he sends his apologies for not making it, but he said um, the first team beat Larkle 3 2 on Thursday night. And despite losing on Sunday to Exeter, they're now one point away from ensuring not being relegated. They don't, however, now have a game until the 17th. Development had a good 4 1 win over Froome, keeping them top of the league. And they have Keensham reserves on Sunday. Um, and then there was also the, the news that first team manager Jamie. Uh, Jamie Davies announced he was stepping down at the end of the season to take up a technical director role in Sweden. And he, he had lots of messages of congratulations and good luck, which we'd obviously like to echo as well. All the best for his future. And uh, interesting to see what happens with the women's team from next year. Let's um, let's talk Bradford then, guys. Um we, we kind of already touched on it, but uh, Christian, I'll come to you first for this one. How difficult a game are you expecting and are you confident of, of picking up a win? Oh, I can't. I, yeah, I keep changing my mind on this one. Um, I think it, 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 it'll be, it could be difficult. I, I just don't know what effect Mark Hughes is going to have. We've had this conversation, didn't we? And, I think we all we all came to the conclusion that it was it, it could be a hit or miss. It could go either way, um, and I feel that way about the game really against against Bradford. Um, I th- I think we're gonna I think we could win two nil. I think we could win two nil. Um, uh, purely again, it's it's really weird saying this, but because it's at their place, I wouldn't fancy us at home. I think. Teams that come to Swindon and really try and get something tend to get something. And teams that like Walsall did after they conceded, they 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 don't. So I think I think Bradford would come to Swindon, try and get something, and probably nick something in about the 73rd minute. Swindon at Bradford, um, they'll have the expectation, they'll have the crowd there. Maybe the players are going to be a little bit worried, concerned. Uh, yeah, I think we can win that 2-0. We might have just caught them at the right time. OK, great. But I expect they'll get better. Yeah, I mean, uh, before they changed their manager, I would have said the same as Christian, mainly because of us being away and out of the, the run of games we got, they looked like the you know, the team that was out of form and, you know, struggling. They're closer to the relegation places than they are the playoffs. I think Mark Hughes's appointment, so he's on a two and a half year deal. I, I did my research before coming on here because we, we thought we might be having another guest on. So um, so I've, I've done, I've, I might be showing a bit more knowledge than what I normally would have. But um, but yeah, they, they're closer to the relegation places than the playoffs. They're about 12 points off the playoffs. So I don't think they're, regardless of what Mark Hughes does, that they're going to, get into the playoffs, but obviously he's a long-term sign-in. Um, I think we're hitting them at the wrong time. It's, it's just that new manager bounce. I don't think Mark Hughes is a good manager for this division. 
looking at his record in the Premiership, it actually wasn't that bad. I just thought he was a journeyman manager who went from club to club. But more often than not, when he was in the Premiership, he finished in the top half, you know, like nine, you know, ninth and sixth, those sorts of positions for, for Blackburn and, and Stoke. And he was a good manager at, at one point, but it's just, he's just seems to have been in, in decline. And um, I think, is he going to, does he know League Two? Not really, does he? I, I, I'd be very surprised if it will work for him. Um, but it just shows the, the pull that Bradford have got to be able to make such a, a marquee sign-in. So I, I think with that and with the, the boost for the team, because they they were on a dreadful run. I think they've lost like four games in a row. And um, the, uh, under Adams, their win percentage was only 20% under him. So... So I I I think um, if we got get a draw off of them, I'll be happy with that. But I have a feeling that they're going to beat us two one. Okay, uh, Christian seems uh, a bit uneasy with the saying. I'd be happy with a draw. Yeah, a bit Luke Williams, isn't it? Jesus <laughs> Christ, Ben. You know you. Oh, sorry, Christian. No, go on. No, no, finish your point. No, because I'll swear. <laughs> Ben, your thoughts on the game? When has that ever stopped you before? Um, uh, there's a little bit of anxiety because they've got the new manager there. Um, I think also, depending on the fitness of McCurdy and Barry, um, both looked quite injured when they went off because both tried to carry on and both sat down and went, ah, this is worse than four before going off. How much training have they had this week? I don't know McCurdy was in the game on the, the other day, but... How much training are they really that fit? What effect has it had with Davison? You know, we'll probably find this on Friday, but we really did get battered by Salford and our players, and we have been flogged because they played a lot of games. We needed the week off. So if we have got, you know, a, 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 a less strength side, um, I think we could come unstuck. Full strength, playing well, I think we can beat them. But uh, I'm going for 1-1. Okay, I uh, I equally going into it. I'm expecting a score draw. Um, however, I'm less concerned about the new manager bounce. Um, if I'm honest, I I don't think I think it appears an inspiring appointment because he is a name that people will recognise, both as a player and a manager. Uh, I think Craig makes a good point. How well does he know League Two, League Two standard, League Two players? Um, you know, yes, there will be a certain level of you'll be able when when there's a transfer window, for example, he might be able to pull in slightly bigger names or or get the odd favour here and there because of his connections. But I'm not that cons- I'm not that worried about new manager bounce for this one. I just think a score draw is the most likely outcome. Um, but we are more than capable of going there and winning. Let, let's not let's let's not be defeatist about this. You know, a lot a lot of what seem to have been said there was with a slightly passive or, or borderline negative tone. No, we are more than capable of going to Bradford and winning. Um, there, there's no illusion of that. More than capable to go to any club and win five feet, but it's, it's just, it's Swindon, isn't it? You know, Christian's been saying about our waveform that's carried us through so far. Well, that's kind of tailed off now. So that's why I'm a bit more pessimistic with us away from from no, home no, so that's completely right and, and I mean we, um, like I said we we all sat here this time last week said that Walsall would be the tougher game of the two um we all backed Swindon to beat Walsall but just and we said that 
I think half of us said we would beat Salford, the other half said we would draw. And evident no one said we would lose to Salford, and we did. Mm. Um, it's winding, isn't it? That's why it's the that's the pessimist. That's where the pessimism comes from. That's where it comes from. It's Swindon. You know, you, you, a couple of three good results, top of the world, but you know, shit is just round the corner. Although, mind you, they, they got a good chance of winning because I'm not going to watch the game. So it's five <laughs> games this season, no wins. So so yeah, yeah, I think um yeah, yeah, it could be then. I might change it, I might have to change my prediction. Before we uh before we conclude for the evening, gents, let's go into uh any other business stroke mailbag. Um, one line out of the club um today, I think it was, was um regarding what's gonna happen with the the money raised for for Joe. Um, yeah. they've still not been able to to track him down essentially, um, make contact. So they've said that they're gonna split the money raised 50-50. Um, if I've got this right, 50% going to a local food bank charity, the other 50% going to Foundation Park. Mm. And they have said that if they do in the future manage to, to make contact, then, then there, are certain, um, there are certain things there ready for, for him and his family uh, to come to Swindon, meet, meet Harry McCurdy, etc. Um, ben, I'll start with you. Um, what your, your thoughts on the announcement today? Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Make you proud to be a fan here in the news. Um, that what it is coming turning out to be, and I hope Joe is real, but it sounds like to be a prank. Some real good, good things came out of it because there's some kids in a similar sort of position as Joe will get their day of their life where they'll go and train with the players and they'll meet the players and they'll go to a game and be a mascot and beyond their wildest of dreams when there's kids like having like one meal a day and you know sandwiches and crisps and that's their one meal and that sort of thing and shoes that don't fit at school and that horrible sort of things that are very real and realistic in life at the minute and something Uh, that obviously the four of us would feel Strongly as, as as we are all parents here, we yeah, all have yeah. kids. Yeah, so I just my Sarah watched it and she went. It's the first time, the first time that I actually like Swindon when and, and that moved it that she didn't think there are. Yeah, so that the yeah, the, I was quite proud of that. I think no, that's a good move. And the rest and some money's going towards food bank, which is going to help feed these kids. Christian, so, yeah, I saw well you. Done, were, good move. I good saw move. you actually commented either on the the Facebook or the Twitter post of that statement, and and you said it was the the right thing to do as well. Yeah, absolutely. It was a perfect conclusion. Really, is they've, they've 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 done exactly the right thing. You know, if it was Lee Power, he'd have probably just painted the Junior Reds room and spent the other nine thousand nine hundred and ninety pounds. Uh, put it in his Swiss bank account. So it's good to see the club doing something, you know, really, really good. And they've made totally the right decision because, I mean, as, as oh, it's brilliant that everybody raised that much money. Um, I don't think that's what the little boy needed, really, was 10, 10 grand. Um, so it's it's there and it's being used for, for, for a greater, for a get greater, great, greater, uh, greater good, really. Um you know, and 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 the club have said. I mean, the club have been, uh, if anything, overly generous with what 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 they've what they've offered. If they do find um this 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 Joe lads, you know, it was a season ticket for two years. Mascot me, Harry McCurdy, full hospitality and everything. Fantastic gesture, which which you know they don't need to do, but. Well done, it all, all's well that ends well, I guess. Uh, well, you know, 
to to a point. Obviously, we don't want sort of don't want this to be a real story, do we? But no, and and that's the that's the big thing, isn't it, Craig? Whether that there is talk about the the legitimacy of it, but Christian's right. It's great that as fans that we managed to pull together to to raise this money, and it's just important that. For those who, who who are in that situation, that the help is there. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, I, I, I echo what Ben and uh, Christian just said there. I think as well, it's 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 good for football as well. We, we hear about these things, these appeals, whether it's for for someone in Joe's situation, if he if he is real, but in in other situations as well, when it's been raising money for for kids with you know terminal illnesses and things like that. Uh, the the, um, the Stephen Darby Foundation as well and things like that. It, it just shows the power of football and the generosity of football fans. And I think generally it shows football fans get a bad rep. We're treated, you know, I'm, I'm getting on on my sort of foot, political football um, sort of um, high horse at the moment, but football fans are treated differently to any other sports fans in the country. You know, you know, we're, when we go away and stuff like that, we're treated almost like criminals. You, you know, the, there's laws that are only target football fans, not other fans and, and things like that. And it, it all, you know, it seems to be like it's always negative. You know, the fans after the that in- age old, um, that age old, is it football is a game for gentlemen played by thugs, rugby is a yeah. game for thugs played by gentlemen. Yeah, that, that sort of thing. You know, there's a, there's an unfair stereotype when it comes towards football fans, but I think something like this, not just for Swindon fans, but for football fans in general, has is, is really shown what what the power of football and, and the, the good in people in, in, in you know as, as football fans. And certainly and certainly at Swindon, you know, as, as a fan base, we've 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 done it a few times. I mean, just uh, another couple of times, you know, when we all raised money for the disabled supporters so they get blankets. We did that a couple of years ago. Tommy Martin, I'm sure he won't mind saying we got him a season ticket when he was ill in hospital and everything. Yeah. So it's worth saying for anyone that's listening that, you know, if they are genuinely struggling with anything, just bloody reach out to the rest of us, you know, as you know, we're all one family at Swindon, even when we argue all the time and hate each other, you know, we're still, we're still one team, aren't we? So we all look after each other. Absolutely. Completely echo what, what you've all said there. Um, One final point, and it's, uh, it's his now weekly question. We we might as well give Oaks Road his own, uh, his own segment because um, I, I do thank him for his time because he always sends in, not only does he make a point of sending in at least one question a week, but they're always genuine and valid questions that I like to <laughs> input on and they do generally force a discussion. on the show. And they're, this good, week, they're good questions. Uh, uh, he's been invited, Ben, and yes, they are. I completely agree. This time, um, it, it's something that I have seen um, discussed on other outlets as well, so I'm interested in your guys' opinions, and it reads... What is the reason for the poor atmosphere at the county ground and what can be done to improve it? With 10k plus crowds, it should be rocking, especially this this was before the Sulphur game, especially with the previous three results. So, um, Craig, I'll come to you first. In your opinion, is the atmosphere at the CG not what you'd expect for 10k plus and what can be done to improve it? I think it's not about the amount of people who are in the ground. It's just generally, you know, Swindon fans at home. It's it's never. I I don't think I could ever describe the county ground as rocking unless it's like a a fierce derby or 
um, you know, or, or something like that, really. I've, I've never known it to be. I don't know why. I can't put a, a finger on it. Um, I was in the Arkle stand on Saturday with with, um, with, with my kids never. and, you know, and it, and it was even the town end didn't sound too, you know, too, too you know, too enthusiastic. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't really put a finger on it, but I don't think the, 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 the amount of fans is, is the reason. I think just generally we're not the most um, vociferous and, you know, you know, we don't really generate that sort of atmosphere. It's only sort of away, but I think that's the same for most clubs. You, you seem to get a better atmosphere away from home. More people are singing, I guess, because you're more compact and together and, and stuff like that. There's nothing I love more than to stand up singing and singing Swindon songs and, and everything and, and, you know, belting my heart out. But I don't want to do it in the North Stand and be the only only, only sod that's bloody stood up doing it and nobody else is. Nobody else is. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. It's, it's, that is a difficult one um, to, to know what to do in the long term. You know, the, the club is trying, don't get me wrong, you know, like um, when at the beginning of the season they asked us what music we should have at halftime and pre-game and stuff like that to sort of try and generate the atmosphere and... Yeah, it's I, I I honestly don't know. That's that's a million dollar question. So I think I'd, I'd love to be able to go to the county ground and for it to be rocking, as Ocus Road says. But I don't. It's more often than not that that hasn't been the case in the twenty oh Christ thirty plus years I've been supporting the club. Christian, well, I don't think you know we've. Um... What I don't think we factored into this into this sort of argument, this discussion, really, is the mood of the world and the country uh, at, at the moment, where a lot of people have had a lot in the last couple of years. A lot of a lot of shit happened to them. Really, they've lost family through COVID and everything. Some people have lost their jobs. It's not it's not an amazing sort of amazing sort of country culture to be in at the moment um you know you see the return massively now of football hooliganism and people thinking they can just walk on the pitch whenever they like that sort of thing and it's filtered down into non-league i don't think there is much to get excited about at, at the moment i think yeah i think i think there's a lot of unhappiness out there depression yeah we go and watch football we go and watch it for our escape but are we really getting excited? Are we really getting excited about a team that's gone up, gone down, gone up, gone that, and and has just sat sort of in 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 the above mid table, just below the playoffs in in League Two? What I think you'll find is as the season goes on, where are we now? We're at the beginning of March, isn't it? Mm-hmm. When there's about four or five games left, I think, and we're at home and we need X amount of points to reach the playoffs, and, and the games really matter. I think the I think the volume will go up a, a notch or two, but at the moment it's a little bit. Here we are. We're sat eighth, ninth in 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 League Two. The world's not a wonderful place. It's a bit shit. We're not going to all sing and have a jolly. All sing and have a jolly, really, are we? And I think it's a mood that's reflected across the country. Um, and then you know you could go off on another on another tangent about the the town end and the acoustics, which are abysmal. Uh, but you know we've been having that discussion for thirty years. Uh, but everyone moved into the Intel stand or Don Rogers stand. They were in there for a while. 
Um, you know, the best place I think for acoustics in the ground, we we covered it with with where we were talking about standing terracing, uh safe terracing, is is the front of the arcle stand, really. Uh, that's where the sound moves best in the whole ground. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my two pennies worth. I think it's an excellent question and something you give a little bit of think about. And because all of us um, are of a certain age, we all remember football. Don't, like don't tarnish me with your brush. Well, I think even even you remember back in the day, pre-match before the game. You know, uh, you used to lose your voice most games. Yeah. And about eight of the players had their own song. Yeah. Eight of them, loads of, had all had their own song. You whether it was some basic like yeah, yeah, go or else. But everyone had their own song. Mm-hmm. Now, it's McCurdy. That's it. it no, no one, no one's, we don't sing. Maybe it's because the amount of loans that we've got, players come and going all the time. There's no, no I, I, there's I, I don't agree I don't with that. I think loan players will, will if, if loan players are good enough, they'll get adopted. So we don't, there used to be, you know, the pre match from about half two, 20 to two, the noise used to start in the character, you know, the town, we used to start singing mm-hmm. away from home. It's not so bad. But, you know, we used to sing the players' names and I used to remember that. And we used to have lots of different types of songs as well. Those songs that we got now, Ali Ali O, which is very average. And, you know, Come On Reds. And when the Reds go steaming in. But they used to be like clever, funny, witty songs. We've not heard them really since Paolo days. Remember, there was a couple of lads who used to sit at the back of the town and and used to like the the Rafa DeVita song and I Want to Dance of Chewbacca and stuff like that. But we've not had that for so long and it's stale. And yeah, it's a really, really good point because it's sort of sleepwalk. Maybe it's the Lee Power the so. that it's had, but it's it it, it 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 it's been dead for a while. It needs it does need a lift because so and it probably coincides with the poor home form that we've been over the years, it's because it's been stale. Yeah, possibly. So I mean the, the, the two main points you've said there, Ben, is is a fan-based issue in terms hmm. of as a fan base, we need to be more creative, potentially in terms of in terms of chanting and stuff, and and a a squad based problem in terms of you're suggesting if form was better and more consistent for a longer period of time at home, mm. fans would be more excited about being there. It may be a catch. Is it catch twenty two or catch sixty yeah. six? Where one needs to get the other to pick up. Yeah. Uh, maybe the fans need a hero, like they have got McCurdy, to really get singing about. It goes down Christians off, but needs to get be singing about. But the players need anything... the fans to get going. I don't okay. know. But... I've got, I've got another anything... theory. Go on. I've got another theory, Ben and, and Ben and Craig. You'll both you'll both remember this. You know when the the Shrivenham Road, as it was, was open, and hmm. the Stratton Bank was terracing. Um, you had to get in the ground quite early, didn't you? Um, so if you remember when you were when you were when we when we were our age, when we were teenagers, I can always remember being in the ground when on the terracing when the players were coming out to warm up. Mm-hmm. And that's when the salt that's when the there's only were Mickey Ass. Yeah, well, 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 yeah, when they used to one one used to so run out. It all, started, the ball. it all started about 20 past two because people wanted to get their place on the terrace in, so they had to be in the ground early. Good they point. don't now. So what you get now is everybody rolls out the county ground hotel at five to three and into the ground. And it's like, 
you walk into something cold, you know, so there's no atmosphere there because it's not built up pretty much. That's a great point because yeah, even yeah, on Saturday, yeah. uh, about 10 to bloody three, the ground's half empty. It's mostly empty at about 10 to three, and then it all just fills up at once. Okay, um, so, so now we're a, on a, a wider point. discussion. Now we're on a wider discussion. So um, what can the club do to entice people in earlier? Because the, the thing is, um, and, and in more so from you three, I mean, I, I do, I understand it, because I, I agree, when I started going at, what, age 14, 15, whatever it was when I started going, um, I, I was the same, that the builder, that, that sort of from half past two-ish, you, you would start to really feel it ramp up ready for three o'clock. Mm. But, but you guys uh, obviously did it for a longer period of time. But we're saying the generation now that were used to that, i.e. you guys, are now older and it and it's kind of that same generation are, are the majority of the ones who are probably in the pub at five to three and then rocking in. Yeah. I, I think um, I think Christian's made a really good point because I don't think it's a coincidence and or I'm in danger of putting my you know the, the good old days hat on. But I think it's no it, it's 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 more than a coincidence that um that the atmosphere started to decline once we started getting all seater stadium the town end used to be standing at one point as well i grew up on stratton bank stand standing going there and christian was right we used to get there early and the yeah, atmosphere was, was so generated so i think yeah. what the club could do is once they're able to because this is down to le- um government legislation is to bring in safe standing and i think that could make a difference whether that's with a redeveloped town end or as christian said the the front part of the arkle stand I think bringing in a portion where you can have safe standing would help generate um, more more of an atmosphere. Um, yeah, I, I think I think that's a really good point from from Christian. Now, a couple of things. I've even seen... if... sorry, Christian. Even if you, you know, if you if you compare it with if you go to a concert, if you go to a gig, guys, you've got tickets for a gig, and you know that you've got standing tickets. You're in there early, aren't you? You've got to go in there early because you want to be near the front of the stage or where you want to be. <laughs> Uh, and that's that the same same thing. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, as far as entertainment's concerned, to get into get the, the the people into the into the ground, I don't know. And also, we have to look at like people nowadays as well. It's, it's another thing I've just thought of is we've got smartphones, so a lot of the time people are on their phones pre-match, mm. putting bets on probably as well. Whereas before they do that, before they get to the ground. They're checking team news online and everything else mm. and messaging their friends and stuff like that. So I think that's probably, in a way, that's probably contributed to, to a lack of atmosphere, certainly pre-game. Yeah, um, no, definitely. Lincoln, it would be something like where they have like a 10, 15-minute window where kids can get photos with the players and stuff if they're in it like half... 20 past two or something. I don't know. It'd have to be something like... Because you couldn't even do... I've said before... When we were talking about, when we had the queues at the turnstiles, we were talking about mm. getting people in. And I think I said something like, oh, yeah, do a pint and a pint for a six pound or something like that to get people in. That's fine, but then you only get them in the concourses and the bars. You're not getting them in the stands. So that's not going to help the atmosphere. So you'd have to do something out there to get, you know, like they give the pizzas away at half time. You've got to do something before the game to get them in early enough. Uh, I, I think it's a bit of a lose, lose, losing battle, to be honest. I don't think there's anything out there they can do. 
the, they've done one of the things is, is they put a bar on a town end and that that's going to help but that bar needs to open like two o'clock um, did it open on saturday though? i don't know it was it was as what bar you know the bit where these you go up yeah I, I walked past it i thought it was there um, I, think it was over, I think it did open at two o'clock, but maybe even like one o'clock or something like that. Yeah, yeah. If that, that get that open early because <coughs> like lubrication does help. I, I think that's going to, like, like Christian said, it's, it's a hard one, isn't it? And it's going to require some radical thinking, some thinking outside the box to to sort of solve solve that problem. I, I, I think, but I think we've certainly got the the team there in terms of behind the scenes to to do that sort yeah. of blue sky <laughs> thinking. That. Um, not directly responsible for some of the points you've made, um, but there are certain things that I pick up on because, um, you know, as I admit, I don't go as much as I'd like to anymore, sadly. But I do pick up from you guys when we're chatting and, and from, from other people um, on socials. So one of the things you mentioned, like acoustics and stands and stuff, and I know this isn't to do acoustics, but there are certain gripes that the fans have that I think potentially play a little bit of a part. So it's like the, the, the Tannoy thing, the Dom, I went in there once, did my head in, like just the constant click. It was annoying. I don't know how anyone coached with that for, for 20, whatever it is, games, uh, 23 games plus cup games a, a season. That would drive me nuts. Um, and then there's, you mentioned about um, how it was with terracing and stuff. And I, and I appreciate we're not, yet back to that and we're not currently officially doing that but if I think back to when I first started going in the town end yes it's all seater but everyone was all stood for 90 minutes and now we're, we're seeing more and more things like why are the stewards only now telling us you know I've been going 10 years why are they now telling us to sit down now I know they've got a job to do but if people aren't being stupid it's lasted this long without any issues why are they suddenly now putting their foot down on this sort of thing I think it's, maybe it's the um, like the the stewards just covering themselves just in case an accident happens. Maybe it's a health and safety thing. They could say, "Well, we did try, we did yeah. say." Because linking you know, into so. linking into the point about fans being creative, I remember you would get to know quite a few of the stewards because they were always positioned in the same place. Even stewards yeah. were getting songs at one point. Yeah, it's 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 the, that's a that's a problem at every single ground. I think every single seat of ground in the country, Fifey. Um, yeah, like I say, you know, they, they stand up in the town end predominantly anyway. Um, so yeah, why why would it be an issue? But may, maybe the I'm not playing devil's advocate here, but maybe the it, maybe the stewards are just doing it. They've been told, look, we got to make it look as if we're making an effort to get these people if they don't then that's fine we can if an accident did happen you know then they could turn around saying we, we've tried to yeah I, I completely get it i know they're only doing their job and there are rules in place but but the point stands there's never been as far as i'm aware especially in, in my time in there there was never any issues as such so why is it all of a sudden now or or, or are we looking too much the other way it's that sort of blame culture, cancel culture, complain about everything culture in the world that, that it's just now more people are complaining about it and it's being seen. It was always happening. It's just go back 10 years. No one was that fussed. Now, now there's a, a different generation of fan in there and they're all just complaining about it. I remember a steward um, in the town end, uh, we used to call her Pat Butcher, we used to go around going, sit down, sit down. And everyone just ignored her. They used to hand out flyers going, if you don't sit, um, sit down or lose it in the town, and everyone just ignored it. So they have been trying to get people to sit down and they stopped and then they started again. 
But every so often, every so often, you'll get a focus due to a police or or a council visit, and this is what would have happened. It, it happened. It happened probably in about twenty ten, I think. It's happened before when they'll do a safety check or something, and they'll highlight that they'll the highlight that there's people standing here, and it's against football league regulations. Blah blah blah. So the club for two or three months will go on a big get everyone sitting down sort of thingy and then it then it'll just drift off again. That's what will have happened. Somebody they'll have had a visit at health and safety inspection and um it will have been noted yes there's supporters standing up and the, the club would have had a bit of a warning about it and then they'll go on a two month sort of cycle of being OTT about it. I think I think the club have to show that they're doing something over via the stewards because that could affect I, I mean I don't know if this is the case for sure because I don't know how it works but we each club has a football has a safety certificate, doesn't it, to to have games shown at the ground. So I think that's to do with the local council. I'm not a hundred percent sure. So maybe maybe in you know maybe they've been threatened and saying, look, you could lose your safety certificate. You've got to make it look. You know, you've got to make an effort to show that you're you know you're doing something about these people standing up. So it's, it's probably something to do with that. I, I'd imagine, but. We're not unique in that. Every club in the country has it. And until they bring in safe standing, this this is going to go through cycles. It will come up again probably in a couple of seasons where they'll have a clamp down and, yeah, and, and people will complain and then it will just go back to how it was. But it's certainly, um, certainly an interesting um, discussion point. Um, so if you would like to send us in your STFC Masters football squads, or you have any opinions on the atmosphere currently at the county ground, either do you think it is it's decent and we're being harsh, or, or you have suggestions on how to improve it, fire them through to us on Facebook and Twitter, um, and, and we will certainly uh, get back to you with our thoughts on, on your opinions and, and vice versa. Please let us know what you think to us. Um, but a great, great question by Oakus Road, by the way. Thank, thanks yeah, so that was a good was, debate. That was, that was good really one. Because yeah. it's valid, very valid. Absolutely. Um, that brings this week's episode to a close. So I'd just like to say thank you very much to tonight's panel. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Craig. Um, I'll let you. I'll let you go now. And uh, and I, I'm sure if you've not already, then before you all head off to bed, you've got some pancakes to enjoy. Um, so from me and the rest of the panel for this week, it's a uh, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>